Hello, and welcome again to my show, Searching for Integrity. My name really is John Smith, and I'm searching for people with integrity. Why? Because our country suffers from IDD, Integrity Deficit Disorder. We have today Natasha Lance Rogoff, author of Muppets in Moscow, the unexpected, crazy, true story of making Sesame Street in Russia. Now I've got something to show you. I had a big, big enough piece to print it out here about your foot cover. <laughs> That's so, great. So when you're in the store, you'd be looking for this right here. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Thank you for that, John. Sure, my pleasure. Um, this, uh, this, this person, my audience, uh, she is an award-winning American television producer, filmmaker, and journalist who has produced television news and documentaries in Russia, Ukraine, and the former Soviet Union for CBS, NBC, ABC, and PBS. That's a, that's a bit of work to have once upon a time. And I think that uh, uh, I wanted to ask you um, some of the comments that you that were made, I guess, when people were doing a Q&A and things like that with you. Uh, a lot of them were interesting, I thought, uh, quite a bit. And uh, it certainly depicts what, what your book is all about. I guess it's a good way to put that. Um, and the first one that I wrote down in, in Russia, this is probably part of the uh, uh, the culture um, in Russia. Uh, the finish line keeps moving. Uh, <laughs> That's pretty uh, accurate for doing business in Russia. Yeah, uh, and I guess in in war too. In war as well. Yes, yes. Um, I know that uh, people want to hear about it, but. We're going to save that for the last, I think. Um, yeah, I like the part about how people do deals in Russia. I guess maybe I've seen this on some old Hollywood movies that didn't think about. But in Russia, downing shots of vodka is like playing golf. Um, I, I can't play golf much at all. I, I would not. <laughs> they'd have to carry all, me off the course <laughs> well i can i can drink vodka but i cannot play golf so <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's where the deals get done on the, on the golf course it is uh this story as i've gone through it it's it's remarkable it is remarkable it really is. thank you for saying that john and, well i'm i'm probably going to call Lisa and tell her to send me a book <laughs> just, um, let's see now steady telling of the tale some three decades later and three decades later in the introduction it has in 1993 I guess that was a starting point Sesame Workshop the company that produced Sesame Street hired you as the lead producer to adapt America's most iconic 
children's television show in Russia. And, and then the chaos begins, from what I can read. Um, taking your stuff, taking the stairs, and, and it's, it's, it's surprising how, of course, now you had, you had some tr cultural training, I call that, with your grandfather. Um, and that gives well, my you my grandfather left Russia in 1912, but you know I was I was a kid when he died, mm -hmm. and uh, my you know learning about Russia and the culture, the people came when uh, I visited the Soviet Union over many years, and I made documentary films there. So about you know not about puppets, <laughs> but about. Uh, the collapse of the Soviet Union, uh, political prisoners being kept in psychiatric hospitals. And I spent about 10 years uh, write, both writing and making films about what was then the Soviet Union. And only later was I approached by uh, Sesame Workshop, which was then called Children's Television Workshop, which is a nonprofit children's television production organization. And they asked me to help them bring the Muppets to Moscow. Right. I'm, it couldn't be a better person to do it. Um, Moscow television where bombings, murders, political unrest were near daily events. How do you, how do you sleep with all that going on around you? Well, we really didn't get much sleep. I mean, it was, uh, you know, an 18 hour a day kind of job. Uh, but uh you know, it's, it's also terrifying. I mean, you don't really expect when you're um, about to produce a children's TV show, an educational show at that, that, you know, your partners, your Russian partner, broadcast partners would be getting assassinated. And it didn't happen just, you know, once. It happened twice within a year and a half period. And then our sponsor of the show was blown up in a car bombing. Oh and uh, I had been in that car three weeks earlier negotiating the broadcast deal and the finance deal. So it was a little it was a little too close for comfort. And, um, you know, in, in addition to that, we faced uh, numerous cultural clashes, um, you know, as the Muppets, as ambassadors of um, idealistic values of tolerance and freedom of expression uh, would then model um you know transitional uh behavior and stereotypes in order to teach um children across the former soviet union new values and skills you know that would help them thrive in in right. their budding open society sure of all the places that could use something like that in terms of that generation yeah, but I was not what I expected <laughs> at the time. <laughs> and it's so, unbelievably insane now just thinking about where we were 30 years ago, where we are today. So, Right, right. Um, I looked at one of the things that I wanted to share with my audience, and it comes from the epilogue. And it's the first paragraph in the epilogue. Ulissa Sezam. Ulissa Sezam. Okay. Became an unprecedented hit, broadcasting on Russia's largest two television networks in prime time, 
across the former Soviet Union. The series premiered in October 1996 and aired on ORT one day a week and six nights a week on NTV, reaching millions of children and families across 11 time zones. The television show was transmitted to Ukraine, the Baltics, and most former Soviet republics where children were still accustomed to viewing Russian language programs. So that's that's uh, that's that's all the nuts in the shell here, right there. It shows you what she did, and uh, you must have a, a tenacious um, attitude when you're when you're working, um, because I think it's get... it's yeah, it's not it's me, and it's also I mean I worked with four hundred people, so you know writers, producers, animators, set designers. Uh, filmmakers, and we had a team that was working from uh, Sesame Workshop, the nonprofit, which would, uh, the puppeteers would come over and train the uh, Moscow puppeteers, the actors. Mm -hmm. And we also had a team in Moscow um, of a few Americans, um, not that many, but uh, it was um, a collective effort. I think it was not only my tenaciousness, but the tenaciousness of our team that really envisioned a different future for their country and, you know, saw how this show could have an enormous impact uh, through, you know, teaching kindness and a different way of seeing the world. With what's going on now, would they be, would would they be of interest in doing another episode or series, that type of thing? Or, oh no! They... I mean, there's there's no way. I mean that, you know. I mean the the people that we work with, many of the my former colleagues, I've been in touch with on WhatsApp, and uh, several of them have had to leave within 24 hours because they were speaking out against the war on social media, and right. Putin had passed a law against doing that, so they could get up to 15 years in prison or more, and. Um, you know, this is a this is a horrific situation, horrific for, uh, you know, think about all that was accomplished in the period after the Soviet Union collapsed. And it's just, mm-hmm. you know, whatever gains were made are being eroded. And um, it's a very, very sad situation to see. But, you know, this 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 story <laughs> is about the values and the deepest way of looking at this country uh, through the prism of the Muppets, uh-huh. which is an unusual way to look at you know any society. Sure. But I believe that the stories in this that deal with the cultural clashes mm-hmm. uh, absolutely um, you know peel the onion on understanding how we got to where we are today, as well as how we're different and how we're the same too. Yeah. Um, I got an item here from the former president and CEO of Children's Television Workshop. And uh, I'll quote him, what you will see in Natasha Lanch Rogoff's passionate yet steady telling of the tale some three decades later, you know, quiet, wonderful story of how wholesome aspirations ran into real politics with a K, obstacles. 
during multiple trips to Moscow with our Sesame Street colleagues, I witnessed Natasha's cultural fluency experience and her unrelenting focus that turned out to be the secret sauce for our success. And I'd rather have the secret sauce on every time I get that opportunity. <laughs> that was written by Gary Nell, who it became is. the later became the CEO and also ran Nat Geo, wonderful person who actually hired me to work at Sesame Street. Uh-huh. Now I'm a uh, sometimes I blush at this when I disclose that. I'm a, I'm a contents, I'm a table of contents person. And uh, it, it's kind of like there's, it's, the chapter is named this because of a certain reason. And usually what I try to do to get something from that with that about when you were writing the book. So let's begin. You've got part one, part two, and part three. And part one, dead bodies and deals. <laughs> no, thank you, man. <laughs> That's the beginning business side of, of the story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see now. The the oligarchs and the Muppets. No gangster, gangsters on Sesame Street. We don't want your Muppets. They call them Muppets? Muppets. Muppets. Yes. Muppets. Muppets. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And Arena, the Golden Goose. How do those chapters end up in one through seven? Just starting it off. The chapter, it's really the beginning of the, the story, the beginning of the journey, which is um, we needed to find a partner, find financing. Uh, then Senator Biden had spearheaded uh, congressional approval for an original uh, version of Sesame Street to be made. But we had to find the funding. We had to match the U.S. taxpayers funding um, in Russia. So the beginning chapters talk about the business side of those deals, as well as uh, introducing production people and creative people to the show um, to entice them to want to become sponsor sponsors and work with us. Mm -hmm. So those, that's the first part. Uh, and then it ends with Irina Barisova, who is, becomes our, um, our partner, our production partner, co-producer. And she was one of the few women who uh, ran a huge um, advertising company and production company. And uh, mm -hmm. there's, there's quite a lot in the book about my unique and rather um, unusual relationship with her. Okay. Um, any others you want to comment on? Oh, here's an introduction to Sesame Street. No gangsters? No gangsters on Sesame Street. Yeah, then no, that yeah. relates to the um, uh, meeting of Berezovsky, who was an oligarch. Uh, who was later, he was a chief advisor to Boris Yeltsin, who was the president of Russia at the time. And he later was um, ostensibly assassinated after he was exiled out of Russia and lived in London. 
some years mm-hmm. later. Right. Um, but at the time, he was our first sponsor. And it was in his car that I was negotiating a broadcast deal and his car that was also blown up uh, three weeks after our discussions. So that's um, that's one 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 piece. And then there's also another chapter, another part of that chapter that deals with um, meeting 12 bankers or I don't even know what they were. They were budding oligarchs who seem to have a lot of money um, in a very short amount of time. (laughs) And there's an extensive deal that's described, which they propose in order to finance the children's educational TV show, uh, which um, Sesame Street puts the kibosh on um, for various reasons that are outlined in the book. But it's quite uh, funny. It's a very funny it, chapter. Good. Uh, chapter eight. Uh-oh. Creating the show. Don't want to skip that. Is R for Rachmaninoff for rock and roll? That chapter Bioworks. deals. That, <laughs> that chapter is about the culture clash over what kind of music is going to be shown uh, on Ulitsa Sazam, which means Sesame Street in Russian. And there was a huge battle, which took months and months with the music director, who was a um, a, a composer who had graduated from uh, the Moscow Conservatory. And in the beginning, she wanted the show only to have classical music. Mm-hmm. And as we all know, uh, you know, Sesame Street is known for its innovative, diverse sounds. Um, it's also... The, the show in the States had created opportunities for hundreds and hundreds of musicians who showcased their work on Sesame Street even before they became famous and mm-hmm. after they be, they were famous. And um, part of why I wanted to uh, produce the show in Russia is I had actually made a film many years earlier on underground rock and roll, which um, was which aired on 2020 on ABC News and or on ABC TV. And I really wanted the show to include these um, friends of mine, because they had all been persecuted under communism, they weren't allowed to record their music, they didn't, they couldn't make a living from their music, uh, you know, for for most of the period of, uh, of um, later communism, rock and roll was banned. So Uh, There was a real tension there. I also thought that, you know, what's so great about Sesame Street is the music. And I wanted the Russian series to have that same uh, Mm -hmm. potential for, you know, rocking these kids, essentially. (laughs) So getting it. Yeah. (laughs) Now, here's the next chapter. Just when you think it can't get any worse. I think that was when uh, uh, one of our broadcast partners was murdered. Oh, okay. Well, I would probably think the same thing and talk to somebody about it. Um, I like the part here about Big Bird's Bible. Did Big Bird really have a Russian Bible? Well, it wasn't exactly a Bible, but it was a... um, that chapter is about the uh, creation of the content for the show. 
and a cornerstone of every international Sesame Street co-production is to bring together the creative team with uh, Russian education experts or wherever country you're in, the education experts from that country. And together over several days, uh, the group discusses what the content of the show is going to be. So essentially the goals, what are the goals that you want to teach? And from those goals, the scripts are then written. So it's a very, very important critical part of the um, uh, creation of any co-production. And that particular chapter deals with the, um, the tensions over the introduction of idealistic values. And um, uh, there's, I would say, the making of Sesame Street uh, and the progressive values of that show really um, uh, pitted our production against about 300 years of Russian thought. So oh, we boy. we had some real challenges and I go into great detail there. And through that, um, I expect um, what I've, you know, I've talked to many, many readers about it now. They love that chapter and feel that um, it gave them insights into how societies change. So if they come from one system, whether it's yeah. in the Middle East or, you know, in, um, in uh, you know, um, other societies where you have different, different cultures, how does transition happen? How do people change their views about things? And that's what this chapter uh, really shows in a, right. um, in a really um, fun way. What's it's followed by an angel descends. Is that what helped helped you all along? An angel? We had an angel, and her name was Ludmila Chapurina, who spoke about the um this has to do with a story where um we were discussing inclusivity and if we um should include children with disabilities in the Russian series. And we showed a clip from the U.S. show of a little boy in a wheelchair carrying, um, you know, flying a kite. And there's an upbeat song in the background where he's singing, me and my chair, we go everywhere. It's a very <laughs> cute um, segment. Yeah. And when it was shown, this was met with, you know, not the reaction I expected that, um, you know, this math teacher stood up and said, uh, you know, it would be so exploitative to show children in wheelchairs on television. Um, and I was shocked, you know, kind of hearing that. What is he talking about? And then this other woman asked kind of innocently, why would Narmani Jeti, normal children, ever want to see a TV show with ni Narmani Jeti, not normal children? So mm -hmm. the use of this language to describe children with dis disabilities was, you know, very upsetting to me. Um and I wasn't sure where this discussion was going to go. Right. And I, I saw the educators as, you know, these enlightened individuals. And if they didn't have the empathy that, you know, I had thought they did, then mm -hmm. the country, you know, that wasn't ready for Sesame Street. But right. um, but then this, this woman, yeah, but then this woman um, said, look, you know, you Americans don't understand that. Um, our country has just collapsed 
Our healthcare system is in shambles. And there are many children that are trapped in their beds and they will never have a wheelchair. So how will they feel if they see children with a wheelchair on television? They'll just feel sad. So it made me realize, you know, in that moment about how responsibly they were taking their their uh, role in creating this show, thinking about right. all the ramifications of what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And eventually this, you know, you in the book, you read what happened as a result of this discussion. Um, and it was a beautiful ending, you know, where uh, I could not imagine I couldn't have come up with a with a better ending uh, for this discussion mm-hmm. if I had to, you know, imagine it. So, sure, yeah, I've been down that road. And yours, though, is a lot narrower, I believe, than mine has been, and a lot more things that surprise you. Um, now, I'd like now to, I want to know what road you've been down and what has surprised you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a book. I'm the author. Um, it's Embracing the Abyss. And uh, it's a story of um, uh, unknowingly being part of a fraud situation. Um, it was um, uh, granted a presidential pardon. And um, yes, I have a presidential pardon. Wow. And and uh, that, that wasn't easy. Um, but it, it it certainly changed my life. I can tell you that. And when which president did gave the pardon? George W. Uh huh. Yeah, George W. Well, I'm sorry you went through that. Well, uh, I turned out to be the the best witness they ever had. Um, saved them millions of dollars and thousands of hours, and. Uh, out of, the, out, of the, out of the blue, they said, We're, we want to see this for you. And, mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I'm going to ask you if you can tell my audience where they can find your book. I would love to. Uh, my book is Please. available on, <laughs> thank you, John, on Amazon and uh-huh. hopefully in your indie bookstores. Mm-hmm. Um and the audiobook is fantastic. It's it was recorded by Emily Lehishu, who has the most incredible voice, and she also speaks Russian, but she is American. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. that that we did some of the voices with characters with accents, and it look it's just a great book. But um, you can find the book anywhere. I have one here. This is my book with my notes on it. Um, and um, I, if you need to reach me, I have a website. It's just my name, NatashaLanceRogoff.com. And the book has been out about six weeks. It has five stars on Amazon. It's getting incredible reviews in the Wall Street uh-huh. Journal, in The Guardian. And I'm so excited. This is completely yes. unexpected. I'm a first-time author. And uh, some of the things that people are writing are, and I, I was unable to put this book down. Uh, I couldn't imagine that a memoir about producing a children's TV show, not to mention that it was Sesame Street, could read like a thriller. And it's a must read for anyone seeking to do business in a foreign country whose history and culture is very different 
from American culture. And this is um, there are about 50 reviews on Amazon if you want to wow. read about it before wow. purchasing it. Wow. Um, well, um, I'm so glad that you joined us today. Uh, in my Thank show. you, John. Um, I, uh, I know more about the book now than I did before we uh, hit, the, hit the sound meter. Um, and I'm thanking my audience for tuning in to Searching for Integrity again. And so long and happy trails to all. <laughs>